Hey everyone, welcome to the Fitness Business Blueprint Podcast. Uh, so glad to have you listening to this. And today I want to share with you just pretty much a behind the scenes walkthrough of what I believe is one of the best business models for anyone running large and small group training uh, for a local boot camp, box, or facility. And I'm going to walk through some examples of how I've used these universal business model principles across multiple gyms, multiple businesses in multiple countries from America, Australia, the UK, Europe, South Africa, and other places, and how it works all across the board. Uh, Before I do that, guys, I really appreciate you. If you would share this on, uh, tag a fitness professional that would benefit from this, take a screenshot. If you're listening to this on your phone right now, take a screenshot, share it on your social media. That's going to help more people find this podcast and get the word out there. And it allows me to keep this content completely free for you. So I don't want to roll ads and things like that. I would rather give you this content for free in return for doing that. All I need is your help to just share this on and get the word out. If you can just share this with one person, just one person or take a screenshot and give one social share, I would really, really appreciate that so much. That would be awesome. Okay. So we're just going to dive straight into this, okay? We're just going to get straight into the business model. I'm going to walk through how it works. And remember, this is not a prescription. This is just me revealing what I've done, okay? So don't take this as, this is what Justin is doing, so I've got to change everything and do it that way. No. Ultimately, business is down to you. You do business your way. There are going to be principles that are more likely going to work for you because they work for the majority. But ultimately, there's always anomalies and there's always things that will work for you based on a myriad of different factors. So I'm just walking through what's worked for me and maybe you'll see some instances where it's similar to you. Maybe what I say might validate some ideas you've had about similar things. Uh, Or maybe you just think this makes a lot more sense than what you're currently doing, and then you decide to switch up. But make sure if you decide to change your business model and revamp everything, it's it's no small thing. Make sure you're doing that because there are logical and strategic reasons for it. Don't just change everything because I said something and you think you have to do it the same way as me. But if you hear something here today and it, you logically think that makes a lot more sense because of X, Y, and Z, then it makes sense to maybe change. And if you still have questions about it, or you'd like me to um, help you out with your business personally, just shoot me a message. Um, You can also drop me a WhatsApp on 00357-9680-6626. That's my new uh, WhatsApp service. Okay, that's my personal WhatsApp number. Add me on WhatsApp, shoot me a message. If you have any questions about the podcast, um, again, that's 00357. That's the Cyprus country code. 00357-9680-6626. Write that number down. Okay, so off we go then. So pretty much there are a few components to this. And um, the main business model works as such. First of all, let's, t- let's start really from the macro. Let's start from the big game plan, okay? Now, the first thing we want to do, I don't start a business thinking about how many locations I'm going to have or are we going to have online or this much, or what am I going to charge? All those tactical questions come later. The first thing we have to think about is 
uh, you know, if you're going to open a physical location, uh, a box, a boot camp, a facility or whatever, the first thing we have to look at is imagine that location number one is going to be your prototype and it's like the pilot phase. So I don't think about anything beyond that because I, I think of it like I'm in the testing stage until we've got a successful first location. We're in the prototype testing phase. So I, my only goal probably for the first year of a new business is just to make that location number one uh, grow to, a, to a, an amount of revenue that covers all the costs, uh, pays me what I want out of it, and also makes a profit. All right, that's, that's, the, that's the major thing we're thinking about here. How much revenue and profit does it need to make? Ideally, the first amount of revenue and profit it needs to generate would be the amount of money I estimate it would take for the for the place to be running at full capacity without my direct involvement as a coach. Not without my direct involvement at all, but without me being a coach, which would mean by the end of the year, we get this place busy with clients and I'm actually able to outsource the training. And I would have maybe one or two coaches taking the majority of the training. Sure, I might step in here or there to cover some hours, but ultimately that would free me up to focus on management and leadership in the company. And so I would have to factor in what it might cost to pay those coaches and also then still pay myself for my management and leadership roles. That's pretty much all I look at is just phase one, step number one is in the first 12 months, can we do that? So the first thing you've got to figure out is before you actually, when it comes to choosing a facility or a location, you've got to know, first of all, how much money you want to make out of the business. You have some calculations to do first. So you want to think about how much money you need to make as a personal income and then you know do some calculations and run some estimates of what it might cost to run the business, to pay for your systems, pay for your lease, pay for your advertising, put tax money aside, um, and pay off payroll and leave some money in profit for the company and then pay yourself something. And so you've got to make sure you've got to figure out what that amount of money is. And it's going to be different for everyone. An easy way, an easy, quick calculation guideline I use is a three X guideline, which means take your personal desired income, right? The personal income you need to live a good life. Maybe it's 4,000 pounds a month, 5,000 a month, 8,000 a month, depends where you live really. Um, but let's say it's 5,000 a month, would be a very generous, healthy monthly salary for you. So we would generally then aim for the business to make 15,000 in overall revenue. So that would be the 3X guideline. Take your desired salary, times it by three, uh, and that should really be the starting point for how much revenue your business needs to make maybe even times four or five to be safe. So yeah, if I was looking to take a 5K income, personal income, my business would need to make 15 to 20,000 pounds a month for me to be able to do that safely, to make sure there's enough money coming in to cover all the other costs, any payroll for people to come in and take on the coaching for me once we're busy, and also then to, to put tax money aside. And that's the two things most of the pros don't factor in. They only factor in, I want 5K a month, so I need to make 8,000 a month and have 3,000 costs, and it doesn't work like that. So we forget about um, future payroll and also tax uh, deductions too. 
So that's the first step. And once you know that number, then when you're looking at a location to rent or, or to buy, you can then figure out, can I actually make that amount of money per month with this location size? If you want to make £50,000 a month, for example, and you're looking at a studio that can only accommodate 50 maximum clients, then you need to be charging each client £1,000 a month, right, to make that money. So it's not going to work out. So you need to know your personal goals first. That's going to start telling you and shaping what kind of strategy you need, right? You can't just pick what you want to do. Like, I want to do one-on-one training and then bitch and moan when you realize that the place you're in doing one-to-one training is not able to give you 50 grand a month that you want. You need to pick the goal first and then the location you choose is part of your strategy to make sure you can meet that goal. The next thing then is going to be, now we start to formate your services because we need to make sure we can work with enough clients at a high enough price tag each month that it's going to make that recurring revenue amount you want. And and most people listening to this, I mean, if you're going to go through the trouble of setting up a facility or a studio, uh, I'm guessing you want to be shooting for at least £20,000 a month in, in recurring revenue from one location anyway. Uh, at least, right? So, so in that case, <clears throat> um, then you'd start looking at you know getting a larger space. And the model I run, I like to base everything around the large group training model or bootcamp model as my core revenue driver. So for us, we look to make seventy percent of our target monthly recurring revenue or MRR monthly recurring revenue. Seventy percent of that target we aim to make from our large group training model, because that's the most scalable. It's the lowest barrier to entry. You know, more people can come into that model. It's it's cheaper than our semi-private small group model. Uh, so we wanna make sure, so if I'm gonna aim to make 20,000 pounds a month, then I'm gonna make sure that at least um, 15,000 of that is achievable through large group bootcamp memberships. And so I can then work out if I'm charging people 100 pounds a month for a large group boot camp, and I need to make 15,000 pounds a month recurring revenue from that, then that tells me I need to get 150 boot camp clients. So I need to look at my facility and, and make sure I've got a facility that can accommodate 150 boot camp clients uh, on the books overall. Not in one session, but I mean overall across multiple sessions. And then we look to make the additional 25% of the revenue goal, an extra 5,000 a month from our upsells or cross-sells. So we have an upsell model in place. So we'll give people additional services that can help us generate an extra 5,000 a month. That could be small group semi-private training. We could have an area on the side for semi-private training, or we could do it at the same time as our large groups and have the sessions adjacent to each other. We could offer supplements. We offer, we do offer supplements. We offer um, water and drinks. We offer protein bars. We offer a meal prep service. We work with a local company. Um, uh, one trick I try and do here, guys, you know, your core upsell is probably going to be a higher level of training, like semi-private training or maybe some mindset coaching or something like that. Uh, maybe you can offer work- a workshop once a month for £10 per person or five pounds for clients and 10 pounds for non-members, for example. Uh, And these things each month are going to generate more money for you 
And then you want to look for at least one upsell that is delivered by somebody else. So you, you don't have the labor costs and you'll make a better margin. So, for example, we partnered with a meal prep company at one of our facilities. There's a meal prep company in the area. And, um, you know, we tell our clients what order they want. They give us the order. We'll order it through the meal prep company. The meal prep company send the food back to our gym. We give it out to the clients uh, and we make a markup on what we charge there and get a commission. And that's an example. Or you can white label supplements or anything like that. And you can sell your own merchandise, T-shirts, hoodies. You can get them printed at a good quality but low price and put a good markup on them. That can be a good money maker too. So that's how we set up the revenue model. We're aiming for 75% of monthly recurring revenue from our core baseline product, which is our large groups. We aim to make an extra 25, 30% from our upsell services and products. All right. So, so then that gives you some very clear targets, right? The next thing we look at is our sales model. How are we going to enroll people into this? Now, the strategy I've always relied on for the last eight years is having what we call a front end offer or some people call it a low barrier offer. I don't believe in having like a one-off session or a one-off consult because that doesn't give any value to the prospect. What I believe to do, because I believe our service is so incredible and our coaches are so awesome, I know that if, if a prospect just tries our service and they get immersed in our gym culture for a couple of weeks and, and they start building habits around it, they're not going to want to leave. It's almost like the puppy dog clothes. You know, where if you uh, a salesperson puts a puppy dog in a child's hand, says, you know what, think it over, take the puppy home for 24 hours and bring him back the next day if you don't want to do it anymore. And when you do that and you take the puppy home you, and then you, you bond with that puppy and then you can't give the puppy back the next day and you're kind of guilt tripped into buying, right? Because you just can't give the puppy back. That's what we do because our service is so good. And if your service is, is excellent too, which I'm sure it is, then... You basically, I just believe in, forget all these NLP sales, like high pressure consult tactics, just get people into your service and let them try it. And if they get hooked, they're going to want to buy more from you. So this allows you to stop being a salesperson and get back to being a coach and delivering an epic service. So the front end offer for us is what allows people, prospects to try out our service. They get a test drive of the results and the experience they can get from us. And they get to do that with, without a big commitment of time or money. So we would create a front-end offer, and we've used all sorts. We use, you know, two-week paid programs, um, you know, four-week programs, six-week programs. We use different programs according to our different locations, what works well in that area, what time of year it is, you know, if it's January, we might do a big six-week launch for everyone because it's a big deal in January. Other times of year, we might just drop, do a 21-day program or something. So, uh, but basically, we have an FEO, um, a front-end offer, and what we tend to do is we tend to have one evergreen offer that is there all through the year that people can drop in whenever they want to because if somebody wants to start a program now, we want to be able to take the money. We don't want to say to them, oh, our next you know, six-week challenge doesn't begin for four weeks, so come back then. We don't want to say that. So we do have what we call our live challenges, our live front-end offers, when we do a big four-week or a six-week challenge, like I said, in January, and then other times of year where we actually launch this live, we make a big buzz, 
and everybody starts and ends at the same time. And we we do base the core of our revenue, our, our marketing on that. But what we also do then is in between those challenges, in the downtime, we have an evergreen model where people can actually just inquire, start their own individual program, um, get you know be be put into our sessions, and they can convert uh, in a lower time frame. So we're able to take revenue all through the day. So that's our sales model. We have a consult with people to see if they're right for the front end offer, but we don't try and sell a long term membership. We don't try and sell a twelve month commitment. We just try and sell the front end package. Like hey, you know, how about we do a twenty one day kickstart or a twenty eight day uh, accelerator program and just gets get you some results get to know each other and see if you like it and then we'll look at options after that okay and that's our sales model that's always worked well for us then we have our lead generation model so how do we now generate prospects to do these front-end offer programs and so this is where we basically have three forms of traffic and we work every single day on each of the forms so we have paid lead generation so we offer our front end, we make our front end offer known through paid lead generation, which is just mostly Facebook ads, Google ads, Instagram ads, print ads in local papers, for example, advertising our four week program or our 21 day offer. Uh, and that will generate us leads every day on autopilot. And we just make sure we're getting enough leads that we want according to our growth targets. And we make sure that we're not paying too much for those leads as well. So that's our ads, and when you set those up, I mean, that's pretty simple, straightforward then. That runs on its own. The next thing we do then to supplement those ads and get more leads is organic marketing. And this is when we mostly post our content. This is our content marketing, and we post on social media every day. We, we post on YouTube. We build a YouTube presence in our local area. We rank for keywords with videos. We post on Facebook and Instagram, of course. We run a lot of Instagram stories. Uh, you might want to post a local blog because it's quite easy to rank in SEO for a local blog post. Um, and that's the main ones, blog, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, and you can also do organic marketing then through publishing articles on radio or magazines, things like that. Um, and also you can do, like, do local seminars, local talks, things like that, just getting known in the community. And that's organic uh, lead generation. And the final third lead generation strategy we then use is endorsed lead generation. Endorsed. And that means we are tapping into other people's audiences. So this might be then through business collaborations, like we'll approach a lot of salons or schools or sports teams or dance classes or martial arts clubs and say, hey, you know, we're looking to tap in. We have a similar audience. Could we offer value to each other? Could we uh, cross-promote each other maybe? Um, something like that, you know? And set up business partnerships that way so then they are telling their clients about you and you get endorsed referrals and recommendations. Uh, this could also be done through the local media. So if you get published, again, like I said, on media, you get a news feature, share your story in the local media, uh, this is endorsed traffic because they're going to promote that to their followers and their audience. And, you know, endorsed, you could also get celebrity, local celebrity endorsement, maybe, or even work through charities and fundraisers. Because when you start working with a charity and you, you attach yourself to a charity to raise funds for them, then, of course, 
they're going to promote you to their donor list. So that's endorsed traffic too. So you're tapping into other people's lists. And that's the three methods you want to do. Again, paid lead generation, organic lead generation through your content, and endorsed lead generation through guest publishing or being referred by other companies, businesses, influencers, media, and so on. And, and that's pretty much a top-down overview of the, of the front of our model of how we get people in. And um, I'll make this a two-part podcast. So that's pretty much the front. That's like our revenue targets, how many clients we need, our sales process, our marketing process as a 30,000-foot view. But of course, our business model also encapsulates the back end of the business. So there's, you know, um, how do we run our operations? How do we get better retention? How do we recruit and train team members and coaches? How do we handle our finances? Uh, how do we scale? How do we, when, when the model is working, how do we scale and do more of it? and open up to new locations, or if things aren't going well, how do we troubleshoot and what do we do about that to recover? So I'll talk about that in part two, and I'll do a second podcast on this. This will be part one. So I hope that gives you some insight into the 30,000 foot view of the front end of our business model. Um, and that's step one for most of you guys. For the first 12 months, don't think about having multiple locations or scaling up or going online forget all that stuff, guys. You've got to learn to walk before you can run. And some of you guys listening to this, you're not even crawling yet. You're still in the freaking womb, some of you guys, right? So really, guys, have some patience and long-term perspective. And if you're in business, don't try and make 29 locations in the first year because that's just your ego. Just say, look, the first year of opening a location or if you already have a location, maybe spend the next six to 12 months optimizing it and making it a brilliant prototype because the more you work on the prototype and get it nailed down and dialed in, then the, your foundations are in place. Then the easier and faster it's going to be to scale that model 12 months down the line. But if you try and scale a haphazard, unproven, loose model right now, then of course, um, it's not going to work out for you in the long run, okay? You're going to end up scaling an inefficient system that's just not going to work. So stay tuned for part two. And again, drop me your questions. You can message me on WhatsApp if you like. Uh, I'll respond to every call. I'll respond to every message and comment. So shoot me a text over at 00357, uh, sorry, 00357-9680. 6626. That's my WhatsApp number. Add me as a contact on WhatsApp. Shoot me a message. Let me know you read the podcast. Listen to the podcast. And then grab a screenshot of this right now, guys. Please, please, please share it on your socials. That would be amazing to help me get the word out to more people. I appreciate you. And I'll speak to you very soon.